0: follow me is what our lord said to those disciples last sunday morning we began a series of lessons from the gospel of john and i have entitled this jesus revealed by john john was one of the three closest to our lord you remember of the apostles peter james and john and of them John was the one whom the text refers to as the disciple whom Jesus loved. They were very dear friends, and he was able to reveal him in a way in which you and I can appreciate who he is. But John wants to remind us that not everything that Jesus did was recorded. In John chapter 21 and verse 25, he says, And there are also many other things that Jesus did which if they were written one by one, I suppose that the world itself could not even contain the books that would be written. You have to recognize that our Lord's life, even though it was only 33 years, was full. And our Lord's life was representative of what it means according to John 1 and verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten, full of grace and truth. But you have to recognize that what John did write was to encourage, to educate, and to edify us. He said in John chapter 20 verses 30 and 31, and truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. What Jesus does is to call men to follow him. And people will only follow the person in whom they believe. For just a few minutes, what I would like for you to do is to imagine in your mind going to the Jordan River. I want you to imagine seeing John the Baptist, to be distinguished from the writer of the book of John, who is the Apostle John. I want you to imagine John the Baptist... And I want you to imagine people coming to John to be baptized by him. I want you to imagine now our Lord coming to be baptized by him. And I want you to imagine those people standing around and how John the Baptist was reacting to the people and to Jesus. And when our Lord makes the statement, Follow me. I want us to explore three things from John chapter 1, verses 15 through 51. I want us to first of all look at the who. It's important to recognize Jesus' nature, his status, who he is. Then we want us to look at the why in verses 29 through 34. Why should I follow Jesus? Why did John the Baptist say he was the Son of God? Why was he the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world? And then finally, how do I do that? In verses 35 through 51. So let's take our Bibles. And I do want to tell you, uh, this is not a Bible class. This is a sermon. If this were a Bible class, I would probably take about six months on these verses. But uh, in reality... These are just, we're just going to survey them. We're not going to look at every detail. And to begin, we start with verse 15 and we're going to go through verse 28. John, that is the Baptist, bore witness of him and cried out saying, this is he or was he of whom I said, he who comes before me, is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness, we have all received and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. Now this is the testimony of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He answered, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, No. Then they said to him, Who are you that we may give an answer to those who sent us? What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. As the prophet Isaiah said, Now those who were sent were from the Pharisees, and they asked him, saying, Why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, saying, I baptize with water, but there stands one among you whom you do not know. It is he who is coming after me is preferred before me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. These things were done in Bethabara, beyond the Jordan, where John was baptizing. Again, I remind you, this is near the Jordan River. This is with John the Baptist, where John is baptizing. I want you to imagine these people are coming here to him and they're saying, Well, who are you? And what he's trying to say, it's not so important as to who I am. It's important to talk about the one who will follow after me. You have to realize that John has his own disciples. I could go through a number of passages, I just want to refer you to two or three so you can get the idea. John one thirty five. the next day John stood with two of his disciples. Matthew 9.14, the disciples of John came to him, that is, came to Jesus. Luke 1 and verse 11, the disciples of Jesus come and ask him to teach them to pray as he says John also taught his disciples. At the time you and I are reading this, John is doing this. He is decreasing. Not because John is not a great man. John is. It's not because John doesn't have talent and ability. Oh, he does. But John is standing and saying, there is someone who is before me. He is preferred before me. You put him higher than you do me. It's not about John the Baptist. John did not try to draw attention to himself. I want you to look again at verse 15. He said, There's one who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. Look at verse 27. He says, I am not worthy to loosen his sandal strap. Verse 29 and 30. He talks about behold of the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And he says this is he of whom I said he comes after me is preferred before me. Verse 34 and he testified that this is the Son of God. John was trying to get us to see who Jesus really is. Decisions have to always be made When you find someone who you either accept Him for what He is or you reject Him. I would suggest to you that even among us today, even in this audience right now, there are differing views about who Jesus is and whether or not you will follow Him. There always has to be choices made. Joshua 24 verse 15 Joshua says, if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. I suggest it's exactly the same today. Either you will choose and say, I will follow the Lord, continue to follow Him, or you will say, I really don't believe the message. I don't believe the messenger. In 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse 21, as Elijah is on the top of Mount Carmel and you have the prophets of God and he particularly of the prophets of God and then you have the prophets of Baal and he challenges them to saying if God, the Lord is God, follow him but if Baal, then follow him. You will only follow the person in whom you believe. Who is it that John the Apostle is presenting to us for us to believe it is Jesus the Christ. Whom does he choose to do that for us in his message? He chooses John the Baptist. And John points us to Jesus. But now that's going to lead us to this second section. It's why I follow Jesus. What is it about Jesus that made John say, This is the one you need to follow? Let's look at verses 29 through 34. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is he of whom I have said, After me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. Now listen carefully to beginning with verse 31. I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore I came baptizing with water. John bore witness saying, I saw the Spirit descending upon him from heaven like a dove and he remained upon him. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, This is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. This is the Son of God. Now for just a moment or two, let's explore this idea. If you were to ask John the Baptist, why should I follow Jesus? His simple basic answer would be, he is the Son of God. He's no mere man. He's the Son of God. But how did John draw that conclusion? For just a moment, I'd like to explore with you the idea of what he says in verses 31 and 33. He says, I did not know him. We're going to see in Luke 1 and verse 36 that Jesus was a relative of John. John could not say, I didn't know who he was. They're related. But I'd suggest to you, John did not understand and John did not recognize that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God. You can say, well, how could he not know that? Do you remember Matthew chapter 7 and Jesus' brothers wanting him to go up to the feast? And the text says, and even they did not believe him. As Jesus was growing up, he was a relative, a brother, a cousin, or someone. And they didn't all recognize who he was. Notice with me, verse 31 and 33. I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. John the Baptist says he's got to be revealed, he's got to be shown to be who he is, therefore I came baptizing with water. But now the key to me is in verse 33. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining. John said, I saw that spirit descending and remaining upon him. For John the Baptist, it was a matter of divine revelation. You imagine Jesus coming to John right there at the Jordan. Matthew 3, verses 13 through 17. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you're coming to me. But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so for now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And then he allowed him, and when he had baptized him, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. Now listen carefully to verse 17. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. John saw it visually. John heard it audibly from heaven that Jesus was The Son of God. Why should you follow Jesus? Because I know for a fact that this is the Son of God. Heaven revealed that to me, John would say. Now I recognize that there are people who have differing views. Even those who came to John and asked him from the Pharisees were wanting to know who John was. There are others who want to know who Jesus is. You remember as Jesus was with his disciples at a place called Caesarea Philippi. We read in Matthew 16 verse 13, when they came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. But he said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You see, the question really comes up is, why would I follow Jesus? If He was John the Baptist, I would not follow Him. If He was Elijah, I would not follow Him. If He were Jeremiah, one of the other prophets, I wouldn't follow Him. Because none of those are sufficient. But He's the Christ. He's the Son of the living God. In John chapter 7... At that Feast of Tabernacles that I alluded to earlier, there's a question arose about verse 40. Therefore, many from the crowd, when they heard this saying, said, truly, this is the prophet. Others said, this is the Christ. That's a term that is used there in John 1. But some say, will said, say, will the Christ come out of Galilee Has not the scripture said that Christ comes from the seed of David and from the town of Bethlehem where David was? There was a division among the people because of him. Who is he? Why should I follow him? Because he's the Christ. Well, that leads me to our last aspect, and that's verses 35 through 51. Brother Ricky read just a portion of that a few minutes ago. I want to go back through some of that and want to draw attention to some of the details within it. And the next day, John stood with two of his disciples. And looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speaking. They followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and seeing them following, said to them, What do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi, that which is to say, when translated, teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and see. They came and saw where he was staying and remained with him that day. Now it was about the 10th hour. I'll go ahead and insert here if you don't know the 10th hour. That's about 4 o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two that heard him speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus looked at him, he said, You are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated a stone. The following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee. And he found Philip. And said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom the Mo- Moses in the law and the prophets wrote. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said to him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, You are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said to him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, Hereafter you shall see the heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Now, um, again, we can't touch it all, but let me point out to you that when you start talking about how does a person follow Jesus, you've got two great examples here. The first one you have is Andrew. Andrew's listening to John the Baptist, and John the Baptist says, here's the Lamb of God. And, well, if that's who it is, that's the one I'm looking for, then I'm now going to go and I'm going to follow Jesus. And he does. What is great, he in turn tells his brother Peter, and Peter follows Jesus. What a tremendous example. The second example is that of Philip. The Lord finds Philip, and he tells Philip, follow me. You know what Philip does? He goes and finds Nathaniel. And you say, well, what's the connection here? They're all from Bethsaida. That's their hometown. That's where Peter and Andrew... And Philip and Nathaniel come from. What I want to draw your attention to is the words come and see. Oh, when you have a great message and someone says, this is so wonderful. and Someone says, I don't know about that. Well, come and see. Look at it for yourself. Don't let someone else Take hold of your faith. You come, you see for yourself. Notice with me what it says in verse 39. He said to them, that is Jesus speaking to Andrew and the other one who was with him, they came and saw where he was staying and remained with him that day it was about the 10th hour. Jesus said, you want to know where I'm staying? They're not interested in the place. They're interested in spending some time with the Lord. They're interested in hearing about Him being the Son of God, the Lamb of God. Verse 46, Nathaniel is a little bit credulous here. I'm not sure if I believe all of this or not. Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. You consider the evidence and then you make up your mind. How is it that you and I follow Jesus? I would not ask any one of you to blindly just say, okay, I'm going to sign up, I'm going to follow. No, no, no. You come to the Word of God, you see who Jesus is, and you look at the evidence, and then you draw the conclusion that He's the Son of God, and then you follow Him. Seekers who find... I think verse 38 is interesting. Jesus turned to them and seeing them follow Him said, what do you seek? They said to Him, Rabbi, which is translated teacher, where are you staying? And they're going to follow. Seekers follow the evidence where it leads. But you also see sharing here. You find something great. Someone finds a good investment. And they say, oh, let me tell you about this. Let me tell you about that. I had a friend tell me about a year ago about the Walmart app on your phone. And said, do you know you can get money back by that? Well, no, you just scan your receipts. Point that little phone at it and snap it and then in a day or two Walmart says you got a, you got money back. Got almost a hundred dollars last year, got almost a hundred dollars this year. Hey, that's a pretty good deal. I like that idea. When you have something of value you want to share it. Oh, how does that compare? We have found the Messiah. We've found the Son of God. You need to know about him, Peter. Andrew's going to tell him. Philip is going to find Nathanael. Nathanael, you need to know about him. Well, I'm not sure. Can any good thing come? Oh, you better come and see. Follow me has some very profound implications. You see, as I scan the gospel account and I start looking at what it means to follow Jesus, I see some pretty strong teaching. Matthew 8 and verse 22, Jesus said to him, Follow me and let the dead bear their own dead. You mean it supersedes all other obligations, even to the ones of bearing your own parents? Yes. You seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, Matthew 6:33. It goes with service. You know, I think sometimes we think we're lining up behind the Lord to inherit the blessings and that's it. No, no, no. Service is involved. John twelve twenty six. if anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. There's a service aspect to following our Lord. It requires some very serious commitment on our part. When you and I say, I'm going to follow the Lord, Jesus said in Luke 9, verse 23, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. It means I have to say to myself, no, you can't do this. And I have to be like him to bear the cross daily. Daily. It is an individual obligation. Every one of us have to look at ourselves and say, am I following the Lord? I don't look at my brother, my sister, my mother, my father, my son, my daughter, my cousin. Let me give you a great illustration provided by John the Apostle. Right there before the Lord was ready to ascend back to heaven, there was a question going to arise about what would happen to Peter. And the Lord would tell Peter, he says, when you grow old, there are going to be people who are going to gird you, take you where you don't want to go. You're going to be dependent upon other people. And if you'll notice, John 21, this he spoke signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. That's pretty... Strong point. Then Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following. And he talks about him leaning on the Lord's breast when Judas betrayed him. Verse 21, but Lord, what about this man? Peter's worried, Lord, what are you going to do with John? Verse 22, Jesus said to him, if I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? Follow me. One of the hardest things that you and I have to do in our life is to quit focusing on whether or not everyone else is right with God and say, am I right with God? Am I following Him? To follow the Lord means to become His disciple. John 8 verse 31, Jesus said to those Jews who believed in Him, If you abide in My word, then you are My disciples indeed. Matthew 28, 19, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. You see, you believe. You've got to abide in His Word. You've got to do what He says to do. And Jesus said, You go make those disciples by baptizing them. Where does that leave us now? John presented the one who deserves to be followed. John is revealing to us the Christ and he's saying this is the Messiah. You need to believe in him. You need to follow him. But he doesn't ask us to do so blindly. He invites men to come and to see. The truth is that this morning, I'm sure that many of you are following the Lord. You made that commitment a long time ago. You're living up to it daily. There are others in our audience that are now in the time of their life when they can make a choice to follow the Lord. And you can say, I want to do that. It's such a precious choice that a person can make to say that we found the Messiah, we found the Son of God, will you now follow Him? You can be as honorable and interested as these sincere seekers that we just studied about. We're going to sing this song of encouragement. If you need to be baptized for the remission of your sins, or if you are a Christian struggling with sin in your life, why not come forward? Why not take the opportunity to make our souls right with our Maker, would you come while together we stand and sing?